the pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 168 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan. With me this week is the Donny Kingston of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we take you to, uh, through a week, which there really isn't that much news, but there was a big card last week. Um, no card next week. Uh, no UFC card anyway, but we've a couple of uh, things to talk about anyway. Graham. How are you? Do you want to, actually? Do you want to tell the people what's going on now at the moment, and you know, just explain to people what's going on? I'm just uh, out of the country at the moment. Can't really say too much, but uh, if you're following our social medias and our our Instagram and all, you probably put two and two together pretty easily. So uh, if you're not, get on it. How's Dylan Dennis doing? I saw him all over your uh, all over your uh, Instagram there the other day. Is he good? Yeah, Dylan. Dylan's Dylan's good crack. Yeah. <laughs> he's 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 a uh, He's a funny guy. Yeah. So like people, uh, people don't know Dylan, and like I think, I think it, people would like Dylan a lot more if they actually knew him. Oh yeah. But um, oh. you know, he puts across that persona, and that's what people see, and I understand why a lot of people don't like him. <laughs> to be honest, you're 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 Dylan Danish Shill now as well as an SVG Shill. Is that it? I just like you know when you, sometimes people are like if somebody wasn't a nice guy, you know me, I'd fucking call them out and but. Yeah, like Mike McGrath, kind of. Yeah, like Don McGrath, like he's a complex, like, you know. And yeah, we say that all the time because like it's just it's indisputable just fact. But like, yeah. <laughs> there's no redeeming, there's no redeeming qualities for a person like that. But like, <laughs> there really is. There really is. <laughs> here we might we, we might as well get straight into this anyway because you might have to leg it at any stage, won't you? Because you're kind of on yeah. a time up here. And if you do, I'll just finish off the podcast anyway. So we have a shitload of questions to do at the end anyway. If Graham is leaving, anything, I'll just answer all of them. So. Uh, let's get into the, the the event that happened last night, obviously over in uh, over in Singapore, where Donald Cowboy Cerrone took on uh, your boy's brother Leon boy's Edwards, boy. boy's <laughs> boy, in the uh, in the main event. And well, I I haven't really heard much online and stuff about this fight because it was kind of you know it was late at night over in America and stuff. Most people weren't watching. Obviously, you saw it. I saw. It. What were your thoughts on the main event as a whole? Well, I actually like you know it's one of them things where if you've if you know the result. Mm-hmm. It's kind of different watching it, and I tried to avoid the results completely, and then I just clicked on Instagram, just like by mistake, just kind of forgetting, and then I saw an Instagram video of him having his hand raised, uh, like by unanimous decision. I was just like, "Oh fuck!" But uh, I watched it back, and I, I thought he, I thought he dominated. Maybe okay, I think maybe Cerrone got one round, but the commentators were saying like, "Oh, it could be two-two going into the last round here." I'm like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's been styling on him here. The first, the first couple of rounds were like one-way traffic. And Leon just looked on a different level everywhere to, to Cerrone. Cerrone looked just, he just looked like he didn't have any answers. I thought, I, I thought it was, a, I thought it was probably the best performance of Leon Edwards' career when it was another one of these ones by Cerrone where we talk about it all the time where he can't really move his head and he's, he's just inconsistent and he's just not a top level fighter as, as I've always said. I know that pisses people off because people are a fan of him. That's fair enough. Yeah, look, for me, I agree. There's a lot of things to, to kind of break down there. On, on the fight itself, I agree it wasn't it wasn't a close fight. Now, look, the third and the fifth were relatively close. 
two ju- two judges gave Donald Cerrone the fourth round, which I thought was absolutely outrageous stuff altogether. There's there's no way in hell uh, he won that he won that fourth round. You could have given him the third. I didn't give it to him. Um, the, the fifth, I thought Leon Edwards was on his bike running. He kind of knew he had the fight won uh, at that stage. Yeah. And he was on his bike. Cerrone took him down at one stage, and then he landed a nice one-two at another stage, which that was nearly enough to win that round. I think even, you know, even though that was close, he could. This, this was way closer to a five-nil, you know, win than Dennis Cerrone win. If you you know, if you want to put it that way. Um, but look, what you said there about about Leon, I didn't think it was the best performance of Leon Edwards. That was a good performance win, but I think there's a lot more to come from Leon Edwards. I, do, I really don't think this was the, his best performance. I think he could have done a lot more. I think he could have landed a lot more heavy shots in Toronto. I think he could have gone for a, a few more takedowns uh, and stuff like that. Look, it was, it was a weird fight because... People afterwards, people are saying, "Oh, this is not the same Donald Cerrone." You know, he's he might have got older and stuff. I don't agree with that at all. I just this is the same. yeah, this is the exact same it, Donald Cerrone. It, it like, is, yeah. That's the problem. Exactly that's why it's, yeah. that's why he's not he can't he can't beat these these up and coming guys because he is the same old Donald Cerrone. He hasn't progressed in a while. Okay, uh, WBC days, he he he's he's progressed a lot since then. His his ground game and his takedown defense wasn't good back then, but that's a long time ago now, and. I, I, like he, he's a good fighter who can be in good fights of two weight classes, but people just have these these visions of him going for a title or fighting some of these big fights that just I just don't see what what people are seeing. I mean, it's a personality thing, and people like him, and he's done a good job that way. But fight wise, he's not a echelon as uh, as I would say. Mm-hmm, 100%. Look, the, I, I suppose the fight as a whole, you know, Edwards came out early. He dominated early. He he caught uh, he cut Cowboy up with that knee and he kept landing these these lovely little shots from the break, little elbows and stuff. To, you know, into the second round, it was, more, it was more the same. Cowboy did a little bit better. He tried to go for a couple of takedowns early and there was a, a bit of clinching and stuff. He landed one big right hand at one stage. But most of the back and forth, I think Edwards was just, was just, um, was just quicker than him. In, in the third then, Edwards landed a big uppercut at one stage, but he was—I thought he was slowing down a little bit. You know, the the, the lads in commentary were saying he, he, the two of them were kind of slow starters, but I—I—I didn't. I thought I did think he slowed down a little bit in the third. But then when it came back to the fourth again, he, you know, he was on top, landed a nice head kick at one stage, landed a, a one-two that hurt, um, that hurt Cowboy as well, and then as I said, into the fourth again, it was. It was, uh, you know, it, it was it was a close one, but uh, you know, I just I kind of out, out of sympathy, I kind of get <laughs> give it to Cerrone more than anything. But it was <laughs> it, it wasn't one of those fights where it's, you know, it's like an one guy in an upward trajectory and one guy in an, on a downward trajectory. I think it was one guy in an upward trajectory and another guy who's who is holding out that gatekeeper role at this, at this stage and kind of always has that role. You know, he's got his, you know, he's got a, his title shot and stuff, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's. I don't know. Is this an American thing or people like Cobb? I like Cobb. I think I, I like. He's always in fun fights. He, I like the, his attitude and this, you know, the way he'll fight anyone at any time and and everything like that. But I think you, you can appreciate that and then talk about what he actually is as a fighter. Yeah. And that's not an operation fighter, is it? Yeah, I, I agree. I think like yeah, he's done a good job. He stands out from the crowd. Even in the WBC days, he sort of he stood out from the crowd, and mm-hmm. he made a good impact when he came over. And he ha- he had some very good wins. Like if you look at his highlight reel, you can you, that Rick Story finish was beautiful. He has some good wins. Like he has he has a win over Benson Henderson, who was coming off being the champion at the time. I know I, maybe okay, I, I actually scored it the other way, but 
It's a close close fight. The one the fight they had in Boston. It was a close fight. He has some good wins, but it's just when he gets to that very top level that you know Ordia put him away quick. Pettis put him away quick when he was on the verge of when he was on the verge of, of title shots or titles. He just he, he just wasn't up to the task fight wise. He can sell a fight. He can he can bring interest, but. He also doesn't bring big pay for you numbers. Like he brings the hardcore fans like him, and like maybe some casuals like him, but he's not bringing these huge numbers either. But I see him sticking around for a long time because he is valuable elsewhere. But I don't know I think I think people have a bit of a a bit of a higher opinion of Don Cerrone, uh, his fighting ability than than he's really he's really proved. But I think a part of that is the he jumps in late notice fights and saves saves cards and stuff like that over the years. And people fans love that, like they appreciate that. And, that, that endears you to the fans and um, when, when people are a fan of you I think they kind of see you through roasting the glasses a lot of the time and they look over your weaknesses like you know we talk about Cerrone's boxing defence and we talk about it to death and we're talking about it again now but it just it just keeps showing up and he can't close the hole in, in, in his game it's kind of like Melvin Gallard who can't close that that hole in his game of getting rear naked chokes like it's just mm-hmm. he must be trying he must be working on it in the gym but it's just not happening and at this stage it looks like it will never happen for Cerrone yeah, and and the one thing about this as well is I, I agree he did get beaten in the boxing last night, but I I don't like coming into this fight I did um I I did uh, an extra over on over on Patreon and I was kind of talking about it like I don't think Leon Edwards is the best boxer in the world and I, that's why I thought this fight would be relatively close I I kind of thought this fight would go the way it did although I thought he you know I thought he'd do a little bit more wrestling but I I, I think this was I mean, not the first time but it was the most um. The most obvious display of cowboy getting beaten by someone who isn't that terrible, terrible matchup for him. If you know what I mean? Like we talked about it before. Like you know, the other guys who are really good boxers are like Nate Diaz back in the day. Especially was the one that that sort of terrible matchup for for Cerrone and absolutely beat him up. Like Leon Edwards, he, I, I don't think Leon Edwards showed like uh, you know McGregor or or uh, Nate Diaz levels of of boxing in that fight last night. I, I think he's just, I think. I think it's not that the fighters that uh, it's not that he's been it's not that he's been passed out, you know, because he's getting older. And I just think he's been passed out skill wise. I think the level of skill has risen over Donald Cerrone, and he's been around a long, long time as well. You know, that happens with some you know some guys as well. He, he you know he's a guy who, as you said, he'll keep fighting, keep keep doing uh, really well for years and years and years. But I I really I just I think the game has passed him by a little bit more than than age and stuff, but. You know, oh, I, I suppose getting on into Leon Edwards. The, uh, to me, this, as I mentioned earlier on, this was a good display from Leon Edwards, but not a great display. And I think it shows how good he can actually be. Because I think if you're beating Cowboy Cerrone and beating him easily at this stage of your career, when for me, Leon Edwards is still very raw. You know, he's he's still yeah. a guy that can improve, you know, 25, 30%, something like that. That's That's a big statement, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think he's he's improving fight to fight uh, uh, recently, as especially. Uh, uh, I'm kind of interested to see which fight you think was his best performance uh, so far. If you if you don't think it was Ronnie, because in the first round, like if he, if he if he had power, he like see the problem with Leon is he's landing all these nice shots and his uh, shot selection was great in the first couple of rounds, but he just doesn't seem to have the power like to to put people away. Like like maybe Cerrone's been put away before. He's not exactly you know he gets hit to the body and he quits and. Let's be honest, but uh, Leon Edwards hit him with a few nice kicks to the body, but he and he hit him with a few nice punches to the face as well, and it's only seemed to be able to take them. So maybe, maybe the next the next step for Leon is working on his power. But uh, I'll, I'll be interested. To, uh, yeah, I think I think that was definitely the best 
the best performance so far of, of Leon's career, but uh, maybe I'm yeah. missing a fight. Maybe I'm I'm oh, skipping yeah. over a fight in my mind. You're probably fair enough. Maybe I'm, look for me. I it, it wasn't that it, <laughs> it wasn't that it was a good performance. It was that maybe I was expecting a little bit more. I like I think if Leon Edwards had that fight back again, he'd he'd probably finish on Tony. He'd do a bit better. I mean, it was just it was small things like, and it was you know it was the first real big stage <laughs> of his career like that. You know you've talked about that loads of times before yeah. that it's different for fighters coming into that stage. I just thought he could have mixed it up a little bit more. He mixed it up very well on the feet, but. I thought he could gone, could have gone for a few more takedowns. I thought in the clinches a few times he could have. He's a lot more powerful and bigger than Cerrone. I thought he could have, you know, slammed him down to the ground, got on top of him. I think he's a big advantage on the ground. Now maybe, you know, if I was talking to, to Leon Edwards and saying this, he he'd probably said you Cowboy Cerrone's good off his back, you know, and he's good on the ground. If he gets on top of you or whatever, he's he's a good submission game. He always he's always been dangerous there, not the best in the world. But and I'm sure he's like I'm beating him up on the feet. Why would I take him down and do that? Yeah. Which is a hundred percent fair enough. But. Uh, you know, I think it would have been more emphatic if he had done that because I think Leon Edwards is a very, very good top game. I think he's very good on the ground uh, as well as being uh, good on the feet. I still think he's putting it all together on the feet, as, as I mentioned earlier, with you know him not being the strongest boxer, but he's a very good boxer. I think he is powerful. I think he his shot selection was very good standing up. You know, maybe not all rounds. You know, selection of, of you know of of where they're going to take downs, going to. Uh, changing up the shots rather than going to the clinch or whatever but i think when he was standing when he you know when they were standing taught at all i think his shot selection was very good especially breaking from the clinch he thought those, i mentioned earlier those elbows and little knees and stuff like that literally every time they broke from the clinch he was eating up Cerrone, which is something you know which is something that is is a big part of the game i always talk about parts of the game like being the in-between parts you know and this was i think that was a big issue as well for leon edwards last night getting from the wrestling to the clinch, to the striking. The one big part of that that he did well was breaking from the clinch to the striking because he landed those shots all the time. But if he couldn't mix it up, his striking change levels, get takedowns a little bit better. And he's done it in the past, no, no doubt about it. That's why I say maybe there was a little bit of a struggle with the, the bigger, um, you know, the bigger headlining uh, uh, spot here might have been, uh, might have been an issue. But you know, there's definitely work to do. But he's still, he's really, really good. Yeah, I think, I think maybe. He this could be wrong, but maybe he was following a game plan because the blueprint is there to beat Don Cerrone of just yeah. to box him and to push him backwards. And maybe that's what he's trying to do. And uh, he was winning. So I thought it was easily, I thought it was clearly, but maybe the commentators didn't think so. I don't know what the reaction live on Twitter and all that stuff was, but it seemed to me like it was going very smoothly for Leon and he didn't need to, to risk yeah. anything. And that it seemed to me like that, that was a game plan to just box up Cerrone. Mm -hmm. What would you do? Uh, what would you do next with him? I'm just looking at the, the, uh, the rankings here. He's ranked number thirteen. He called out George Masvidal uh, last night. He's ranked number nine. Obviously, Leon Edwards will be moving up, and he'll probably be moving close to George Masvidal after this. Is that a good good fight to make? Yeah, I think I think it's a nice fight for for uh, Leon Edwards. I think I think Masvidal is another one of these guys who's just overrated. Just, I don't know why people uh, are so high on him uh, or have been high on him in the past. He's a good fight, like he's a good all round fighter, but he's one of these guys, oh, Masvidal from the from the kind of previous era and. Although although he is well rounded, he just isn't he isn't on the level of these new guys coming up. And I think I think Leon Edwards would have, would have too much for him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there's a, there's a lot of good matchups there for Leon Edwards, to be honest. Um, and when I say good matchups, I mean like you know good fights, good good even fights. Even Pons and Ebio is around there as well. Yeah, Neil Magny, I think versus uh, versus Leon Edwards would be a good fight. I think. That'd be a good matchup for him. Even Gunnar Nelson, you know, if they, if big friend or even England or whatever, I think that could be a potential headliner or a common event or something like that. So there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of good fights from there. Cowboy, I suppose, is you know, Cowboy will just jump in against whoever's whoever's next coming through, I suppose, and take on any fight. You know, maybe even something like Damian Maya if you want something like that, or you know, there's even Gunnar Nelson. I think it'd be, it would be a good fight for him if Gunnar Nelson's coming back. I suppose he's going to be a few minutes away, but maybe maybe so will Cowboy. But what do you think about Cowboy? Like. A lot of people, and I think we've a question later on about Cowboy. Is he better at lightweight? Is he better at welterweight? Where do you think he should be? Um, hmm, I don't see him going for a title either. So I, I don't mind him fighting fighting either. I think short notice wise, welterweight maybe. Maybe he's just you know he's been cutting weight for a lot of years, and he's not a small he's not a small guy for the for the weight class of fifty five. So maybe he is better. He is better staying, staying at, at welterweight and just just taking fun fights that are good style matchups that are interesting to the fans and not worry about trying to make his way towards a title shot. And if you're fighting in two divisions, it's it's much harder to make make your way towards a title shot. And um, yeah, I, he's kind of fought he's fought he's fought a lot of the guys at, at, at lightweight and the guys he hasn't fought. I don't fancy his chances against. Mm-hmm. There's a, the, the guys at the top of the welterweight division, I don't fancy his chances against either, but there's more matchups for him there. And like, I don't think, as I said, if he's not going for the title, I don't think he should be killing himself making this weight. Um, he doesn't look out of place at welterweight, he's a big guy, but yeah, it's a tough one. Like, uh, if he was offered a big fight at, at, at lightweight, I think he should take it, but uh, I'd say the majority of his of his future fights are going to be are going to be at welterweight. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that. Yeah, there's no point going away. I don't think he's doing anything at this stage. Maybe you know, if a lot of people are talking about maybe Cowboy going to Bellator and stuff like that. I don't think that'll happen. But if it did, lightweight would probably be the place for him there. Although you know, there's there's a few fights at welterweight as well. But I think you know, the big fights for him there would be at uh, at lightweight. But you know, it's, it's it, it, Cowboy is one of those guys now that he's you know, I don't think he's making a run for the title anymore. He's in you know, kind of that. It's not no man's land. It's like the fun fights land, which I think is a is a good place for for Cowboy to be at and. Uh, you know, it, it'll be uh, he'll stick around for for ages. I say, and Leon Edwards as well. As I say, he's he's kind of the exact opposite. He's on his way up now, and you know, one of those fights we mentioned would be a uh, would be big for him. All right, let's uh, move on here because we don't have all the time this week. Um, OSP versus Tyson Pedro in the main event. This I don't know has a fight ever made me as mad as this fight made me because I was watching this and I'm like, okay, he hit him with a head kick and I believe a right and dropped him with a right hand. Um, um, OSP kind of dipped down trying to take him down he got him in the guillotine fair enough he was going for the guillotine got out of it turned him around was pushing him against the cage while he was still hurt and then Tyson Pedro starts going for a takedown and he tries like body locking him and taking him down like strong style getting him down he didn't do it once it didn't work he almost uh, he almost landed on the bottom didn't work got back up got into the clinch again had room to break tried to do it again <laughs> landed on the bottom um osp took his back and ended up straight arm burning him like this to me uh, fair play to osp osp won the fight now but this was all tyson pedro just absolutely horrendous this was legendary terrible fight iq just this was brainless awful stuff altogether wasn't it yeah it was <laughs> it wasn't great like uh this, this fight i managed to avoid the results for and just watch it watch it as as it was and it looked like, as you say, it looked like Tyson Pedro was better to put him away. And then, like, you can have all the skills technically. Like, you can be able to throw a perfect head kick or hit a perfect double and all that stuff. It doesn't matter if you're making the wrong decisions at the wrong vital moments in, in, in fights. <laughs> like, against high-level guys, like, okay, maybe OSP isn't the, 
isn't the, the very top level, but he's he's just below that. And those guys will capitalize if you make a stupid mistake. And Tyson, Tyson Pedro, okay, like he's young in his career and he'll probably learn from this, but that was a really, really ill advised yeah. <laughs> change, change up of uh, of what was going on in the fight. Like, you know, you're. you're you see, you see, you see it all the time, and it is, it is actually frustrating to watch. You're just like watching the TV, being like, "No, what are you doing? Like, you know, why are you?" <laughs> you see it all the time. People are rock a guy on the feet and go for a takedown, and even if they get the takedown, it's just like, "Why did you do that?" But especially against a guy like OSP, who's known for kind of weird submissions, like Von Flew chokes, and he's known to be good on the ground. Like, and I just why risk it? It's just it, it is frustrating to watch. Yeah, like I, I my rewatch this week, I went back and watched OSP versus Manoa. And it, you can watch every OSP fight. He fights the exact same everywhere. If you show variety against him, you watch out for the left, left kick, watch out for the left hand. When he gets close, you just curl up and do nothing. And and don't get into a clinch with him. Don't let you get let him get you to the ground. Don't try to take him down. You will win that fight. Like, you know, just variety on the feet and stay loose on the feet and you'll you'll knock him out. You'll end up winning that fight in the first couple of rounds. And Pedro has, don't try to guillotine him guillotine yeah. him while you have no guard and he's inside the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like Pedro has all the qualities to do that. Like and he just, he just, and he did it for like 30 seconds. And he was like, no, I'll, I'll take him down and say to where he's a killer, like to where he's, <laughs> or to where he's one of the elite in the division. Like OSP, I, I tweeted it last night. I think a lot of people agree with me. OSP is the best bad fighter in the world. I think that's what he is. Like he's, he's, <laughs> he's not good. But he, uh, who would you say? Derek Lewis, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a few suggestions that as well, but yeah, it was like Derek Lewis or um Jesus Derek Lewis. OSP is a type of guy who you could be, you know, you're you're beating him up for for three or four minutes, like it happened last time, a little bit less, but and he can you you make one bad mistake, you get inside and he'll fucking blind flu shock you or hit you with an uppercut on the inside with his left hand when you leave yourself wide open or something like that. It's just like you have to play a safe game against him, but you have to play a safe, smart game. Like some guys, a safe game is clinching them and trying to take them down. You know, like Nathaniel Wood last week, we, we saw, or a couple of weeks ago, we saw Johnny Eduardo and I was like, he had him hurt and he, you know, he decided maybe to take him down or clinch him a little bit. And that was smart because we've seen Nathaniel Wood before he comes back and, you know, he, he, that you know he beats guys when he's hurt and stuff like that. But OSP is not like that. You know, you have to beat OSP. You have to keep him beat like Jimmy Manoa did either. Be loose on your feet, go backwards and counter him, or else push him forward, not let him get anything off. You know, don't get in close to him. Don't go to the ground with him. Don't. <laughs> he did it so well for 30 seconds and absolutely threw it away. But like the, the big thing about this is the light heavyweight division. It's just so bad, isn't it? Yeah, there's not much there. Like, but Tyson Pedro, I wouldn't write him off yet. Like, you know, he did show yeah. some good stuff. Like, you know, just, just. He, maybe he panicked in the moment or he just thought he saw an opening there but like yeah he, he, sometimes you have to learn the hard way and he definitely he definitely it was definitely a hard hard one to take I'd say afterwards for for Pedro it was, it was but it, it, it's it's a valuable learning lesson because unless unless this is something he can't get over like we're talking about Cerrone and his, his head movement or Melvin Gillard and his, his his back defense and his choke defense sometimes guys can't get over this but I, I think Pedro's young enough in his career and he he seems to be he seems to be improving even though obviously he's he's up against the minute here but mm -hmm. yeah i think um i think he's probably one of the still one of the best prospects in the division but if you look around the division there isn't much like you know people like uzdemir getting pushed pushed the title shots too quick i think shows that there's, there's no depth in that division at the, at the top
that's the problem even all throughout the division, maybe not title shots, but did, this was too fast for Tyson Pedro. Like, you know, the likes of Mircea Sarkanov, he got moved in there too fast. I think he's a, you know, he's a good prospect. Even likes of Jimmy Manoa when he fought Gustafsson, maybe moved a little bit too fast uh, in there. You know, just Dominic Reyes looks like a good guy as well. Like Sam Alvey is ranked here. Like this, the, the problem is, you know, with these bigger divisions, it takes years for these guys to mature. We see at the heavyweight division, all the top guys are all all glads, basically. You know, light heavyweight division can be can be a little bit the same. Look at Daniel Cormier, you know, he's old. The Gustafson Chauvinano, he's probably in his, you know, he's mid-30s at this stage. Um, obviously, there's a difference with John Jones. he ever fights as well, Gustafson, yeah, exactly. But like, it's 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 a sickening with this division when you see someone like that coming through, and then they get they get beaten when they're just about coming through. But I I agree. I wouldn't write him off yet. You know, he. I think you have to with these weaker divisions, you have to match make a little better. And the UFC haven't been doing it with flyweight as well, and with with some of the women's divisions. I don't think that actually with the women's division they've done a little the uh, divisions they've done done a little bit better with flyweight and light heavyweight. Uh, I, I think it's it's not being great, and this. You know, this was an okay matchup. I think he could have won it, and but it was—it's one of them where it's a dangerous matchup and maybe a little bit unnecessary with a guy who is uh, kind of a blue chip prospect who could be, you know, a future champion. And you're—you know—you're taking him out of it now. If you'd given him two or three other shots, you could uh, other fights to, you know, so he can improve. Maybe uh, he's a guy who can get in in there straight away without having this blemish on his career. But I, I suppose we'll uh, we'll never know. But for OSP. He's just he's a little he's one of those Cerrone guys as well, isn't he? He'll, he'll go in there, he'll fight anyone at any time, and he's he'll always be a trade, he'll always be around the top, you know, seven or eight in the division. Yeah, I think I think his best performance nearly like I mean, he has some really good wins, some orthodox wins, and good finishes. But his best performance was against John Jones when he made it awkward for John Jones. Yeah. Um and like John Jones usually has it all his own way, but he definitely didn't have it against OSP. But uh I think maybe people were expecting to know is to push on after that fight, maybe even gain a bit of confidence from the loss. Like, you know, losing to John Jones is is kind of like nearly inevitable <laughs> for, for a guy like OSP, and people didn't expect him to do as well as he, as he did. Okay, Jones is coming back off his suspension, but with all the tools Jones has, I think OSP did really well in that fight. And he actually, in this fight against Tyson Pedro, he actually looked in a little bit better shape than I think he's he's normally in. So yeah, he I, think, I, think, I think he's still improving as well. Like, and he toughed it out as well when he did when he did get hurt as well. Like you know, um, he, he's he's a good fighter, but he's just not gonna. I just don't see him ever pushing onto a title, no matter no matter how you know good shape he comes in or when you, when you're, even his striking is just a bit awkward, and he's he's just he's just he's just not gonna be able to do it against the very top level guys. Like guys like okay, Roman Johnson's retired, but I see, I see him coming back at some stage. Like mm-hmm. I think they need somebody like that to come back. Like or they need they need a new injection into it of of somebody exciting, somebody. Somebody who knocks people out, like somebody like the Francis Ngannou guy, who, like like he came in in heavyweight and just has a few quick knockouts, and people get excited about him. And they need to, something like that needs to happen to spice up this light heavyweight division. And I, I, I don't really see who it's going to be at the moment. I may I may be missing somebody or not thinking of somebody, but nobody's coming to mind as as this up and coming guy who's who's going to shake up the division and, and that division badly needs a shake up. Like that division, you like you, historically. With like people like you know Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, all these guys, it was it was the best division or one of the best divisions for years, and now it's just now it's just empty, it's just barren. Hundred percent, yeah. I know you didn't see the the rest of the card, but I just run through a, a few more of the the fights uh, that that impressed me and stuff. If anyone has any questions, send them over at Severe Mepad, and I'll uh, I'll answer them on the the Q and A. I'll probably do it. Uh, 
Monday night or, or Tuesday or whatever. So if you have any more questions, lash them in and I'll, I'll do a QA and a up on Patreon there at some stage. But um, Jessica, the third fight down, she looked good. I thought this was her best performance uh, in a while. She beat uh, Jessica Rose Clark over, over three rounds. That was pretty good. The Li Zhang Liang fight was good as well. He looked good uh, yet again. P Peter Yan, I know we, we, t we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Pete was talking about him. Um, you know, a really good fighter. He looked good in this... It, obviously, we didn't see much of it. Three minutes, 28 seconds against uh, Taruto Ishihara. But when he got the chance at the end, he took it. He took it very, very well. He hits hard. He's calm in, in those fight-ending situations. And this, I know you've seen Peter Yan before, haven't you? He's a he's a dangerous guy going through here at Bantamweight, isn't he? Yeah, like, as we were saying, kind of about the like, heavyweight division, there's nothing really there. But at the lighter divisions, which used to be the kind of barren divisions when, when you see we're introducing these divisions, they used to only have welterweight. They had lightweight for a while. They got rid of it, and it could just because was the, the talent wasn't there. But now the talent is, is has changed, and it's gone from the heavy guys to the lighter guys. Mm -hmm. um, there's loads of good prospects coming in. Like even when you watch non-UFC shows, like uh, like uh, what's called professional fight league or whatever World Series of Fighting is called, and all these other shows, you see these much better prospects or much better more well-rounded fighters at, at these divisions and a lot of prospects like a lot of brazilian prospects as well like and, and i think i think it's 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 a tough it's a tough division to to at the very top like these these bantamweight these featherweight and stuff like that but if, if you can come in and get the right matchups at these divisions you you can you can look really good really quickly and make yourself make yourself uh in, in title contention, but once you get once you get to the title contention, you're, you're dealing with people like Cody Garbrandt, Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw. So hopefully they, they don't do what they've done with a lot of guys and push them too quick. Um, since, since Endeavor took over the UFC, or I think WME ING took over the UFC, and they seem to be pushing these guys too quick, putting them in, mm -hmm. in title shots too quick, and just kind of like Francis again. There's loads of examples. You used, used to kind of protect these guys and bring them along, and people used to be like, "Oh, these guys are being protected and stuff." But that's that's how you build momentum. That's how you you get fans interested. And that's how you allow these guys to develop while still fighting and winning. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I think like it's 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 weird that the UFC have moved away from that, and they're tr they're just trying to put on they're just they're just trying to put put, put these guys on uh, on the on the big fights and in the in the big spots too quickly, um, which which is which which is a real problem because. Okay, all these old guys are probably doing better pay-per-view wise and and TV numbers wise because people know them. But you, you need to build for the future. And uh, WME and G are kind of they don't seem to be doing that. They seem to be focused on just getting numbers now, which which doesn't seem like a, a good long-term strategy to me. I know this is a bit of a tangent on what you asked about this this, this fight, mm -hmm. but I think I think it's an it's, it's an interesting change in the last couple of years since since the since Lorenzo and the boys sold sold the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Peter Yan was good anyway. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, I didn't see the fight, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, these prospects, I think, like just you need to slow the roll with, with them and stop, yeah. stop putting mm -hmm. them in too quick. And, and case in point here with Jack Matthews also on this card, you know, he was one of those guys that maybe got moved a little bit quick and now he's <coughs> gone back a little bit. Look phenomenal here again, moving up to, to welterweight. I think it's his third fight or something now at welterweight. Looked really, really good against here, uh, again here. Um, Matt Schnell against uh, Nikai Inoue. Was for me the best fight of the night here. I, I was very impressed. I think Matt Schnell has improved an awful lot. I think Inoue is very good as well. I think he's a prospect. I think he's on 19 or 20 or something like that. But flyweight, I think both of those guys are, are you know, 
top five prospects coming through. I know Schnell has been around an awful long time, Danger, and a lot of people probably know him off that, uh, off that MTV show. But this was, for me, the, the best uh, performance I've seen of his career yet. He looked uh, he looked really good. Also, Sasaki as well, the big, tall, long guy who everybody uh, knows at, at Flyweight. He looked good as well, got a submission rear neck a choke here. So, uh, you know, the undercard was was actually pretty good, probably, you know, better than the, the top card itself. And uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, go back and have a look at it. Um, all right, let's yeah, Sean, move on. Sean, yeah. um, is there any is there any questions there from the from the the fans for me? Could you read them out? I'm just people are starting to get up here, so I'm, I'm I might have to go any minute now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Andy Stevenson sent in. How many points has Graham had in uh had in uh, New York? Oh Jesus Christ! Um, too many to count. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it's been heavy. Yeah, a lot of people have asked what you're doing over there, but you probably can't say what you're doing over there, can you? I think if you follow our if you follow all our social medias and stuff, you can figure it out easily yeah, enough. Perfect. You can figure it out as much as I know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of people as well have asked, and Andy asked it as well. And we'll get on to other stuff in a minute. And if you have to go, away, you can go, away and I'll just finish up. But Richie Smullen, you know, you probably know Richie Smullen better than most people. He's fighting uh, Pinya in the final here, the the violent Bob Ross. I, I answered a bit about it on Patreon. What do you what do you think about that fight? It's coming up in two weeks, and I suppose we will talk about it again next week, but initial thoughts on that fight yeah I don't know much about his opponent Barry the ultimate fighter where he actually looked really good I think he injured his foot was it or his ankle or yeah his foot I think yeah yeah he looked, looked good he looked good in his fight and he looked, he looked to have some, he, he definitely looks like he'll pose some threats to Richie Small on the feet especially but I think once it hits the ground I think even even the the in the build up to the, the Richie Small fight and the ultimate fighter that didn't happen when the kind of when they do the talking heads bit from the the training partners they were all talking about like you know they were all saying oh yeah once it hits the ground richie's just going to submit him richie's phenomenal on the ground and i think i think even his performance against reese mckee just shows that he's not just a ground fighter he's a well-rounded fighter but when you're when you're when you're as high level as he is on, on the ground obviously that stands out and people are going to try and keep away from that yeah um i think uh, it's great that he got another another chance it was a weird situation with the with the it was like cramps or like something to do with his Oh, it's a very strange situation. Anyway, I've never seen anything like that in in the, the years of the ultimate fighter, or even heard anything like that. And fighters not being able to walk through the cramps and stuff. So it was a very strange situation. I know, I know. Like Dana kind of hinted that it was mental, and the other team were saying kind of saying he bottled it and stuff. But I really don't think so. Like he's been in there in big shows already. Like he's he's fought Reese McKee. We like you see Reese McKee's next. I think it was the, the very next fight for Reese McKee after the the small and draw. Mm-hmm. Where he just went in there against uh, Tim Burnett and just looked absolutely phenomenal. I think that just shows that just shows the level that Richie Smullen's at. Like, okay, maybe a lot of people thought that Reese McKee won that fight, but a lot of people thought Smullen won that fight. And I don't think I don't think a lot of people were arguing with the draw. So I think Smullen's a really good fighter. I don't know much about his opponent, bar that bar that fight in the Ultimate Fighter, but uh, I think I think Smullen will be looking for the takedown. I think once he gets it, or if he gets it, I think that that'll be that'll be the end. But it's hard to know about Pena. Uh, when you haven't really seen that much of them, but these guys are all undefeated as well, so mm-hmm. um, they have that kind of they have that kind of belief that un, un, that kind of unwavering belief that a lot of uh, uh, undefeated fighters have. So okay. uh, great to see him get an opportunity, and I think I think yeah, I think I, I, without knowing much about the opponent, I'd have to go. I'd have to be. I, I'd be thinking that once it hits the ground, it would, it would be it would be a submission win for Richie's one. 
Yeah, and uh, next thing here, you can bail away after this if you want, but um, and I'll answer a few of the questions. Reese McKee's fighting Terry Razor this weekend, as you mentioned, Reese McKee there, and uh, a, Bama, a genuine Bama super fight here with the lightweight champion taking on the welterweight champion Terry Razor going down to uh, to lightweight to take on Reese McKee. This is a big fight, and you know, we talked we talked about Reese McKee um, after his last fight, and I I think I called it at the time probably one of the best performances of an Irish MMA fighter since Conor McGregor. It was just absolutely phenomenal, and this is a huge fight as well for him, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think he's another guy that's making huge strides in between fights as well. Like you know, he he, he doesn't come in the same fighter. He comes in with, with and it's something new, and he comes in with even the things that he's good at are improved, and he seems more relaxed in there and. You just you just get more comfortable as you as you're you work your way up and as you, you headline these fights and then you fight for a belt and then you know all the pressure of of fighting the guy that the only guy to beat him um in his last fight or the rematching him and Tim Barnett and he like you know that's that's a, that's a big fight if you lose twice to the same guy some guy who's not even in one of the big promotions or isn't isn't a known name that that's a lot of a lot of fans will kind of be oh maybe this guy isn't that good but Reese went in there and he looked like so calm and he looked just the best he's ever looked as like we waxed lyrical about it at the time and people may be like oh you're just you're Irish or whatever but like if you watch that if you watch the techniques he, he was yeah. using in that fight it was, it, he looked absolutely brilliant mm, yeah he looked really good I'm really looking forward to seeing that one obviously we know about Terry Brazier as well he's a he's a good fighter um, yeah good wrestler yeah. well he, he's not, like if he he could cause trouble like you know maybe he's He's not the best submission artist, but like you can just take somebody down and position over a submission and just make it difficult. And maybe the weight cut will will uh, Terry Brazier having to cut weight like he, he hasn't done in in I don't know if he's done it ever, but he hasn't done it in a while anyway. Mm -hmm. That could play into it, especially especially in a, in a high paced fight, which Reese will most likely uh, make it. But uh, yeah, I think oh, I, I think as long as as long as Reese doesn't just get taken down over and over which I, which I don't think he will I think he'll be prepared I think, I think he's going to have a lot, a lot too much for Terry yeah uh, and another couple of things on Irish MMA as well uh, Alan Philpott had a big win over in uh, Australia last week Philip Mulpeter as well had a great finish uh, in cage where it's been a good couple of weeks hasn't it for Irish MMA uh, especially the Philip Mulpeter one it was last Saturday I think wasn't it it was a good finish yeah it was, it was good because it was uh, the week before or the two weeks before it was it was bad uh, bad results for Chris Fields and Paul Reb and then a couple of Irish guys, so it's, mm -hmm. it, it is Andy Young, I think, lost again actually over in the oh, same did, card yeah. as, uh, mm -hmm. as Phil Pop, but uh, but um, yeah, Phil Pop's back in the win column, I think. Yeah, he looked very good in that fight. I actually didn't see the fight, yeah. I saw, yeah, he looked like a lot of his opponent was trying to take him down a little bit. He looked good on the feet when it did get to the ground. Phil Pop looked composed, got back up, and stuff, and <laughs> you know, went over three rounds. He looked uh, he looked very good to me, but uh, like Al Phil is one of those guys on his day, and we've seen him on his day, he's really good. Like, uh, there was yeah. a, a stage there, we thought he, he was talking about UFC, Bellator, and stuff, and then he kind of gives up a loss. You know, the ground game sometimes can hurt him, he can get some in and stuff, but if he can play a smart game, keep off the ground, keep on the feet. And Phil Potts, like he beat Nathaniel Wood. People seem to you yeah. know, forget about that. Nathaniel Wood is one of the top prospects in the world now. And, uh, you know, if Alan Philpott can put it together, you know, he's talked about himself, get his head right and stuff like that, that, you know, he's no joke for anyone. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of these recent fights on his on his record that he hasn't won, like ones that he's lost, he's been winning and he's he's made a bad mm -hmm. decision or he's got caught in a submission. And then he has other ones where, he, uh, I think it was a Shea Walsh one where he was winning comfortably and then he threw like a ill-advised like a soccer kick trying to catch him as he was standing up and got disqualified or it was a no contest, you know, stuff like that. He just hasn't, he hasn't really had the breaks, but 
he seems like as you say when he puts it together he seems to he seems to he seems to, he seems to be able to hang with anybody on the local scene and he, he I think he proved that in, in, in the fight against in town and wood that he won and even in the fight against uh, Tom Duke and Wall where where he lost he, he put it he put it on Duke and Wall and Duke and Wall was doing post fight interviews and chatting to us afterwards and he was he was like oh, I didn't expect anywhere near this level from this guy like you know <laughs> he was looking at old tape of Phil Pot probably on YouTube or whatever and he he seemed to think that Phil Pot was a way more accomplished fighter than than he looked on tape. So he, mm-hmm. he, he still young. What is he? Twenty four, twenty five. It just seems like he's been around forever because he's been fighting for since he was so young. And like I don't remember, like I can't remember a time in Irish MMA where Phil Pope wasn't around. So, so yeah. I think people forget forget how young the guy is, and there is still room for improvement. And I think he was a little shift back in the day. He was a, he's just a little <laughs> messer. You know, I think he'd tell you himself, like you know, he's a little yeah. messer, he's a little shit, like, and he just wasn't taking it as seriously. It kind of came a bit easy to him, like you know. And mm-hmm. he kind of he kind of didn't take it that seriously. And I think I think moving over to um, train with Dean Garnett in Liverpool, and then moving over to train in Australia has, is a good move because there's no distraction. There's not as many distractions over there as in your hometown, and he seems to be taken a lot more seriously. And it was important to get a win here, and fair play to him. We did. I haven't seen the fight back, but you're saying it was a really good performance. So yeah, it was very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still have to come from Philpot. Like he has a lot of room for improvement, and he is improving so yeah mm-hmm. uh a couple more things here and if you need to go and just tell me and we'll finish up uh and i'll keep going leona machida to belter did you hear about that leona signed for belter yeah. kind of came out kind of kind of came out of nowhere isn't it you know leota a couple of not you know a couple of good performances lately he's not i don't think he's totally over the hill by any any means you know just just obviously a few Fights for him in Bellator, you know, the likes of whoever, you know, Musasi, if he's moving up to light heavyweight, even Rampage or, you know, whoever else is there, Liam McGeary and, you know, a lot of lot of guys there. It was, this is a strange one a bit, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think, I think you're right. And he's, I think he will fight probably maybe, maybe not two divisions. Maybe he'll fight 205 and maybe like even 195 or fight, or fight middleweights at 205. I don't think he's going to be looking to cut down to 185 regularly. Maybe, yeah, uh, But, I think he can fight Bellator's guys that they have at, at boat weights. Just at, just fight the guys at two hundred five or maybe even one nine five. I don't know why you'd bother one nine five. They'll just just do two hundred five. Mm-hmm. I think there's fresh matchups from there. I think his time at the top of the UFC is obviously it's obviously gone. But it was a bit of a it was a bit of a surprise. Like there wasn't much talk about him that I saw anyway about his him him leaving the UFC or anything like that. And, he is a bit like he is a known name because he's been around for so long and he's been champion and stuff, but he doesn't draw on pay per view. So when you think about it afterwards, it kind of he's probably asking for a lot of money and uh, from the UFC and Bellator probably offer him a lot of money in the UFC. Are probably just like you know he doesn't really sell sell many tickets. He's like you put him in a main event in Brazil. It's it's a good main event, but people aren't you know jumping aren't jumping into bed running down queue up to get tickets or whatever or refreshing or take a match at nine a.m. to like. You know he's not he's not this huge name where people are can't miss fights, but it is a bit. It, it, I, I see it from a cheater because obviously the sponsor thing as well. The Reebok deal is probably probably costing Machida a lot of money that mm-hmm. he can make in they can make in Bellator, and there is fresh fresh matchups for him there. And yeah, once once you're once you're kind of like not going for the title in the UFC, maybe he's just thinking you know. Well, what's the point in, in staying around here and just being like a an aging gatekeeper and I can go over to Bellator and, and make as much money as I can before I retire and I can understand that completely. 
Yeah, and he's a win over the Bellator middleweight and light heavyweight champion. So that's always a good thing, you know, going over there. You can build up those those two matches uh, pretty quickly if you want to do it. So, yeah, it's, uh, look, I, I, I do think, I still think he's dry. I think he'd be a good asset for UFC. But, it, you know, you're, you're, you're expendable there. I think maybe it's a good time <coughs> at this stage uh, for Liotta. Um, another big free agent as well coming up here, Michael Chandler. I believe it's Ariel reported yeah. the other day. That he's coming up to, to free agency now. Do you, do you think the UFC will be all over him? I think they will. Yeah, I think they should be. Uh, I, I don't think he's a draw. I don't think people know who he is. Like the, we kind of always joke about that Dave and Buster's ad where they're like, "Oh my God, it's 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 yeah. Michael Chandler." Like said no one ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's, not, he's not a known guy, but you know he has them fights against uh, Eddie Alvarez. They were absolute and two Eddie Alvarez fights were absolute wars. They were brilliant fights. Like they were fights that I've watched loads of times, especially the first one. Um. It, it it was it was just a phenomenal back and forth. It was kind of his, his coming out party. Like everybody was like, "Whoa, this guy is this guy is, is serious." Yeah. And okay, he lost to uh, to Primus or Primus. How do you pronounce it? Primus, yeah, and, I think I don't Primus. know. Primus. Primus. Uh, it was, kind of, it was he, he got he got kicked in the in the leg, and uh, it seemed his leg or he got kicked in the calf, I think, and his his leg seemed to go dead. He he, he showed good toughness to try and fight on. He was throwing hard even with his leg. And then they, you know, the the whole, it was kind of like he didn't, he, the, the, the fight was stopped and he wanted to continue. And I think and maybe maybe that will cost him a bit of money when he's coming to, the, if he's coming to the UFC. Like if he was Bellator champion and he was like, you know, undefeated since since the Eddie Alvarez fights, then maybe he would be worth more. But I think he's a really good addition to the, to the division. I think he can cause a lot, of, a lot of trouble for a lot of fighters in, in the lightweight division. It's just when you come to the very top of that division, it's just an absolute ki- uh, killer's row. Like you have, yeah, you have like a even Connor and Tony and all these guys. Yeah, uh, I just don't see. I, I, I just, I just don't see him. I don't. Know, it'd be interesting to see him in the UFC because. Do you think he'd be more of an Eddie, an Eddie Alvarez or a Will Brooks? I think he'd be more of an Eddie Alvarez, but mm. I don't see him getting the title. But I didn't see Eddie Alvarez getting the title either. So who, who knows? That's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Like Michael Connor uh, could easily reel off like five or six close decision wins, like Eddie Alvarez did, and be in a title shot. Like that's not beyond the rounds of possibility, but it's just it's just such a stacked division at the moment. Like Eddie Alvarez kind of got kind of the, the ducks kind of fell in a row for him. It was kind of fortuitous that he got, that he got that title shot. I think before he before he fought RDA, we we talked about how like you know at least a couple of them fights he he probably didn't deserve a decision, but. The history book said he won the fight, so he was on this win streak, and then into the title shot he went, and he knocked out already in the first round. So I wouldn't rule Chandler out. He's he's well rounded. He's really good everywhere. He's a really good wrestler, and he's he's a tough guy, um, and he's been in big fights before. And maybe maybe it'll take him a little while to settle in the UFC, but I think he's he'd definitely be a really good addition to the to the, the top ten in that division. And there's not many people uh, outside the UFC that you could say that about in the mm-hmm. lightweight division. 100%. Alright, let's move on to, to some of these questions here. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast if you want your questions guaranteed at Severe Pod if you want to send them in uh, during the week. You might have to answer this question hush tones here, Graham. Uh, Blake, Blake Anderson, hi, do you know anything happening behind the scenes with Conor McGregor and his coach John Kavanaugh? Is everything all good? Just wondering about the situation in the light of recent events such as Brooklyn and Bellator incidents. I've just finished John's book and would imagine he would take a very dim view on Conor's recent behaviour. Graham, um, I haven't spoken to John, um, but I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't like um, word gets around in a small community like Irish American community, and I haven't heard any falling out or anything like that. So, 
I, I don't think there's anything, anything there. Yeah, like if we if there was, we'd have heard. And like, okay, you know, John Kevin is obviously <laughs> going to say those things in his book, and you know, fair enough, whatever. He Conor Gregor's done things before, you know, that are pretty bad, and he stood behind them. And I remember at TV three, he went, "What was it? when he jumped the cage at Bellator?" He said he got excited and stuff. You know, he didn't make much of it, and he hasn't said anything here. The, the only thing he said after this was, you know, when Conor McGregor was uh, standing alongside that that guy in the wheelchair at. Um, uh, was it Bama? He, he was, was, no, it was Bama. It was Bama, and he's he came out and tweeted like, "Oh, nobody will report the, the good things that happen," uh, even though everyone did. But that's beside the point. But that was kind of the thing. You know, he wouldn't have said that if he wasn't, you know, in his corner and behind him, and you know, thinking thinking it was unfair the coverage he got, you know, with the whole Boston incident, even though it clearly wasn't. So yeah, no, I don't think there'd be any follow up there or anything. Uh, Jason Lee <clears throat> in Patreon as well. How far can Leon Edwards go? And do you think his brother has greater potential? I think he. I think I think Leon. I think we said it even like a year ago. I think Leon can can be a top five top five guy in the division if he keeps progressing the way he is. I don't see him. I don't see him going to a title. But sometimes guys make leaps in between fights, or they just they just get more comfortable, or something clicks, and you, you never know. But Fabian's obviously much earlier in his career. His brother's much earlier in his career. But I just I just I I, I think Fabian is going to be better. I think. I think we also talked about this in the podcast, mm-hmm. maybe even for Fabian's pro debut, that to watch out for this guy, like he's got everything. And me and Jordan Breen talked about it when we had him on the Patreon, uh, one of the first shows that we did on Patreon when we, when we started it. And he, he's he, he's seen the same thing. Like he's a guy who watches a lot of fights and he's seeing Fabian Edwards and thinking like, whoa, this guy has all the potential to be to be a world beater. And, and I don't think he, even, even, in the, even in the fight where two fights ago in his where Fabian got rocked, got hit with a well, he got hit with a punch and big punch anyway. And the second he did, he was just like, "All right, no mess around, take him down, armbar, boom, over." I think that just shows how well rounded he is. And um, I think it's, I, I think I don't think there's any rush because you, you don't want to rush in there, take like a fucking long three round beating where you're not the same or something. Where mm-hmm. like you know you don't want to stand against some like you know UFC. Or higher level UFC guy when he's only like five and or four now, so mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, though there is no no real competition for him that stands out in my, in my mind in the local scene. It's okay to fight these guys that have that have a lot of fights. Maybe they're up and down, but they have a lot of fights, a lot of experience, and they can they can ask questions of you, and you can put in more training camps. And I also hope that he doesn't rush back with his broken hand because we all know fighters over the years like Ian McCall and Dominic Cruz and these guys. Paul Hughes. Yeah, they don't take care of their hands. Um, uh, don't rest them enough. Don't rehab them enough in between fights. Come back too quickly, and these hands end up just breaking nearly every every fight or every second fight. So, mm-hmm. um, I hope he, I hope he takes the the hand injury seriously and doesn't rush back. And I hope he's not. I hope he's not rushed into into big fights against tough guys just because there's no there's no real there's no real test for him uh, outside of the or on the local kind of UK and Irish and European scene. Mm-hmm, 100%. Uh, a couple more of these questions here. Adrian Stanton asked one about uh, drugs and stuff, and I'll, I'll answer that over in the podcast. Get, there's a thing about Robert Whitaker. He said that, so I'll, I'll answer that over on uh, Patreon. So go over there. Uh, Aaron Cullen, what's your favorite time to watch MMA? Like events that finish around 1 a.m. myself. Uh, I, know, it, I, I, like, I like the ones that finish at 6 a.m. because I'm just so used to it. It's been so long, like so many years. And when they do end at like 1 a.m., I'm just kind of like, oh, what do I do now? Like, you know, I'm kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of sitting there being like, okay. I I like yeah. the 
instead of the one a, the three a.m. main cards, I like the one a.m. main cards when they finish at maybe like four and then you can go to sleep and you're not absolutely you know wrecked. Yeah, nor, I don't like that normally, yeah. yeah, I like the ones that on Irish and English time that it started like nine o'clock and finished like eleven or stuff. I'm like, what the fuck are we gonna do now <laughs> for the rest of the night? It's a yeah. bit they're very weird. So yeah, I think it's just we're uh, we're transitioned to to that way now. Uh, Sean Dinia yeah. conditioned. Why? What did I say? Transitioned, I think. Transition, Jesus. Uh, Sean Dinny and Sean Boyle both asked uh, the same question here about uh, about Cowboy at one one seventy or one fifty five. We can answer that, but one sixty five. A lot of people are saying, and the two lads kind of mentioned as well. Would one sixty five be the best division for Cowboy? I think it probably would, wouldn't it? Well, it doesn't exist. Well, um, might be existing soon. Yeah. Um, have, a, have a roar there behind your back and say, "Is the one sixty five division coming?" See if anyone answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Um, I think it's the same, even if there was a 165 division, it's the same thing we talked about earlier with Ronnie that mm-hmm. it's good fights from there, starting matchups, and he can come in at short notice and he can, he can, they can schedule enough fun fights that, that, that they like style wise, but he's not going to be making a run on mm-hmm. uh, realistic, realistically, he's not going to be making a run on any of the titles, even if they do bring in uh, uh, 165 title. I don't, I don't see him making a run on it. Like, as we talked about with lightweight, that division is stacked, and there's guys like Habib and even even Connor, like you know, he, he cuts weight, like a decent chunk of weight to make fifty five. Like Khabib does, Tony does, all these guys do. Um, so they probably move up to sixty five, or at least a couple of them would, would. And there'd be probably be a few welterweights coming down that five pounds as well. And I just don't see Cerrone. I just don't see Cerrone making a making a title run ever again. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nick Dana Is anyone else depressed that we won't get to see Leota versus Bobby Knuckles? <laughs> no. I'd like to see that fight. That'd be a good fight. But, gonna, uh, like I'm not the brat. Like uh, I wasn't like, no, we're never gonna see that. Like, uh, uh, like just, just one of the others die or something. Yeah, that's true. A few people uh, strike MX as well. Have asked about the PFL tournament and about Will Brooks. I think Will Brooks has a, probably a good chance of winning that. He won at the weekend. He looked good. I, I tweeted that. Or I put that up, and I tweeted it. Yeah, and I put it up on my Facebook as well. The whole replay. That's how you can watch that. Uh, yeah, and, and we'll definitely talk about more of that as it goes on. We have much time today, but Kayla Harrison. Debut as well. I suppose we must definitely mention her. I think a couple of people uh, asked about her. Two, I believe, two-time judo gold medalist fighting at one forty-five. She says she wants to to go and fight Cyborg, not soon, but eventually. I I know you catch that fight. I caught it anyway. She looked good. You know, she looked okay. And uh, you know, standing up, she didn't look great or anything. But when I got to the ground, obviously, she looked strong. She looked good. She looked her jiu-jitsu looked good. Obviously, when she got that armbar as well, um, it, it was you know she clapped it, clasped it on very good. This reminds me a little bit of Holly Holm maybe coming through at the time. You know, you she she got a few fights outside the UFC. Got into the UFC. Got a few easy fights or maybe not easy fights, but got a few you know good fights for herself and then got the title shot. I think and I think you probably agree with me. Kel Harrison needs to be move like that as well doesn't she you know transition over give her time give her six seven fights outside the UFC give her a couple when she gets into the UFC don't there's no point rushing her into cyborg yet is there yeah there isn't and there is no point even rushing her like kind of like they did with Megan Anderson and yeah Dolly Home. you know just as we talked about earlier with Endeavor there's no need to rush these prospects like it's just killing them off and <laughs> like even if they do win then if, even if they do beat somebody of, of a high level like that or a high rank like that then what are you going to do? Bring them back down again? You have to kind of progress them into the, the title shot or the number one contender fight then. And it's even if they do win, it, it, it's 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 just it's just too big of a risk and it's an unnecessary risk. And like nobody mm-hmm. was clamoring to see Megan Anderson versus Holly Holm, you know, nobody was clamoring to see that. Like, and it just it, I don't know. Since Joe Silva has left, the matchmaking has been has been very different and mm-hmm. very strange. Maybe it just seems 
maybe it seems wrong to us that they're doing it wrong to us because we're so used to the, the Joe Silva the old way, but maybe they have a bigger goal in mind that we're not seeing, but uh, I don't see it at the moment anyway. Yeah. Uh, at underscore STD underscore true or false, Yancy Mineras versus Mike Perry goes to the decision. False. I, I agree, false. Uh, M. McLean, do you think it's a bit hypocritical of Wonder Boy looking to get rid of the type of kick because it's too dangerous? He's trying to get rid of like the front leg side kick to the knee. Yeah, I, I, I getting rid of techniques it doesn't make sense to me. I remember yeah. Rampage complained about this after the John Jones fight. It's mm-hmm. just like, well, like, it's a technique, it's a legit, either you deal with it or, <laughs> like, you know, learning to deal with it. Like, it's, it's, Okay, you do get injured, but a lot of like they're throwing shins at your head, and people are trying to injure you with shots all the time. Like this is no different. It's just, I suppose it's just like uh, back in the Muay Thai days, that wouldn't be done. And these guys, maybe it's seen as disrespectful in some scenes, but I don't see it. I think I think it's innovative. Uh, I think John Jones used it really effectively when he was when he was working his way towards being champion, and and mm-hmm. when he was champion. Um, and I think a lot of people have implemented a true John Jones, and I think it's a really good technique. And I don't know why you. I, I prefer to have more techniques. I prefer to be able to knee on the ground. Uh, guys putting their knee down on the ground to avoid a knee. It's just like oh, this is this is not fighting. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I mightn't agree with that, but I I don't agree with them taking this away. There's not wrong with it. You know, why, why would you t- take this away and still have he looks or still kick a fell in the head? Why can Edson Barboza wheel kick Terry Adam with his heel in the head, but you can't kick someone with a little front kick to the knee? Like that makes absolutely yeah. no sense. So yeah, yeah, I don't agree with one by here. All right, last two questions here. Um, Andy Stevenson and Andy ST one two three friend of podcast. If a fighter makes an excuse about losing a fight. But then clarifies it's not an excuse. Does the excuse ever really happen at all? <laughs> this is about Donald Cerrone, who said he was sick uh, all day after fighting. Then he said, "I'm not making excuses," uh, which is, in fairness to Donald Cerrone, like he he he's not a one to really make excuses, is he? You know, he goes in and if he he loses, he loses. And, he, and you know, I, I tend to believe him, whereas most people, I think maybe they want to make an excuse or, you know, everyone there's always something wrong with everyone coming into fights. But for Cerrone, it seemed legitimate, so I let him I let him pass yeah. this one. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just like it, it does sound like excuses, and it is excuses, but sometimes there's a valid excuse. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes you're not on your best day. Sometimes, sometimes you feel ill on a day that you need to be fresh, and it's just the way it goes, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you fight on. But mm-hmm. it, it does sound like an excuse. And you, when you come out and say something after losing, especially so soon after losing, people are going to say, Ah, you're just making excuses. And he probably knew that going into it, but. He's probably asked a question and he gave an answer. And if that, if that's the truth, then you know it is what it is. And uh, like these things happen. Like you know, you, you have a bad day at the office, or you're ill, or you're you're injured, and you, you fight through it, and you think you can get the job done anyway, and you don't. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's part of the the psyche that you're like, oh well, like I would have won if I wasn't if I wasn't injured, or if I wasn't sick, or I would have done better. And that kind of mentally keeps you in a better spot than than if you just say, oh, I got better, beaten by an guy who's better than me again. Hundred mm-hmm, percent. Uh, at Mister Podge, at one, or at one, Mister Podge, friend of the podcast, asked about uh, Josh Barnett. Who obviously, got released by the UFC this year. He says, "Do you think he'll fight on how do you view his latest stint?" I think you know. I think it was an okay stint. Obviously, the last few years were bad because of the the yeah. whole USADA thing and all. I always thought, and you, I, you, I don't know if you agree. Josh Barnett was always a guy who was better off outside the UFC. He was. Yeah. He, he just never seemed right in the UFC, did he? No, I think Trump should come back and make uh, Josh yeah. Barnett versus Sador again. Yeah, fact. Let's let's see that. And uh, last thing here, could, the only the only, the only Trump thing Trump couldn't do in uh, in uh, MMA was uh, get Josh Barnett to, to, to fight, fight Fedor. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he, 
He became the the leader of the free world, but he couldn't get Josh Barnett to fight Fedor. Yeah. There you go. That's that's a man. Well, what do you think about Luke Thomas taking over the MMA? Or what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be very different. Um, I'm interested to see what it looks like. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be a very different show. Uh, it's it's hard to know. Like Luke's done Sirius XM. He's done live chats. He's done MMA beat. But the MMA era is kind of unique. Mm-hmm. And people are going to be expecting a certain thing, and I don't think I don't think he's gonna he's gonna try and copy. It. I think he's gonna do his own thing. So I think there'll probably be a lot of backlash either way, no matter what he does. But I think you know people get used get used to things after a while, and um, I definitely don't see see it. I, I, he doesn't have. I don't think he has the, the, the contacts that Ariel has. He doesn't have the relationship that Ariel has. Mm. I don't know if like you know Nobody if like a couple of days that. after Habib. Habib fights or one of these big fighter fighters fight. I don't think he's going to be able to get him on the next day, like you know, on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is, but I'd, sometimes with certain fighters. But uh, Ariel's Ariel's contact book is second to none in MMA, and the relationships he has with fighters and they like he's, he he's just able to he's just able to get the the right fighters on at the right times when 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 big incidents happen. He he, he okay maybe okay some fighters want to talk about he gets a manager on or he gets a coach on or yeah. people are willing to talk to him because he's done he's done good things for him in the past and they know that in the future they're gonna need they're gonna have fighters that they, they need to promote and yeah mayor is a great way to do that so like it's 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 very interesting to see and like you know we obviously we we we, we obviously haven't watched MMA for a long time we've watched the MMA for probably you probably watched it the whole time like I have yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be weird not having it and I, I think I think shortening it to two hours is actually a good idea. I think actually I shortening it even more, even more would have been a good idea. Even just a one hour, I think would have been. Yeah, I think yeah, I think two hours is good to be honest. When you have uh, when you have uh, interviews and when you have you know discussion and things like that, I think two hours is a good time. I think it was. I think it got, I love Ariel and all, and I love the show, but it got it definitely got too long. It just you couldn't watch it at the end, uh, all of it anyway. It just got too long. But Ariel's going to keep doing. It. He's doing. He's like five hour shows also. <laughs> it's going to be hard to watch as well. But we, we'll watch bits of it. But uh, last thing here. As, as someone yourself who has taken over from one of the biggest faces in MMA on a podcast, how, is there any advice you give him? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, that was just a joke. You don't have to answer that question. That was a joke. Come on. All right. No, but like the voice I give him, man, I think that the, the one thing about Luke Thomas is he will, he will be his own. He yeah. will say his own opinions. He won't won't try and be Ariel, which I think is important. If you if you if you're coming in and trying to replicate what somebody else is doing, and that's not you, then it's it's, it's a disaster waiting to happen. So I think I think Luke will be his own person, and uh, it'll just be interesting to see. Like you know, it's it's hard to judge when we haven't seen it. 100%. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. This week's going to be a big week on Patreon. I believe we have a big interview coming. So uh, sign up there, patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. Graham doesn't know this yet, but we're going to have the state of the UFC address this week as well on Patreon. I'm promising that now, so we'll actually have to do it because we keep coming <laughs> off. Uh, so that's coming this week. We'll have my QA after this. We'll have the rewatch. I don't know what fight I'm going to rewatch yet. So maybe, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Simi suggestions. They're going to be up. Patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. P A T R E O N. Graham, any last things to say before you go? Thanks for... Uh, is it warm over in New York? What's it like? Uh, no, it was warm the last few days, but it's not warm yesterday or today. Or it is warm, but it's not yeah. sunny. It's, it's it's warm. Like, it's not cold like Ireland, but... Like Ireland is, but... It's normally, like 26 but, uh, degrees here now. No, normally, you know, when it's, when it's not sunny in Ireland, it's usually cold, but over here, it's it's still quite warm, but it's not sunny the last couple of days, so... And you'll be back for next week in Ireland in the land of living? Yeah, I think so. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, And here's the inspirational quote of the week. 
be the energy you want to attract. We'll see you next Tuesday or possibly Monday or Sunday.